Hi, everybody. This is Burgess Power Hour, and we're having a little bit of technical difficulties um, with the uh, line tonight, but hopefully you'll be able to all hear me. And I'm going to go ahead and mute everybody. I just want to say hello and welcome. This is not normal, but hey, it's, it's a, we're in very strange times nowadays. So let me go ahead and hit star five, and I'll mute everybody, and then you can unmute yourself by uh, hitting star six. So if you can, let's just for giggles, if somebody can unmute themselves and say something, hit star six so I can hear you and make sure uh, that part's working and you can still hear me and I can hear you. I want a guinea pig. Anybody hit star six and talk so I can hear you? Hello? 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 Great. Hello? Can you hear me? I can. Okay, I can hear you. Excellent. Okay, perfect. Okay, so that's great. So what I'm going to do is just um, start tonight, and I apologize for any weirdness or sounds or something. I'm not sure why. I tried calling uh, the conference line, and they are uh, not answering their phones for emergency phone calls. Isn't that nice? So we're just going to go with um, all is well. And this is why I am going to be doing, by the way, you're the first to hear, I'm doing an emergency or a special or whatever you want to call it, a special power hour next week, next week, next Wednesday, um, on the 25th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard. And it's going to be on fear and anxiety in the age of coronavirus. So uh, I will be doing a special uh, diving deep into what's going on in the world with that. And I wanted to touch on it a little bit because I know it's in everybody's consciousness right now about all of that. And I want to uh, keep our initial call that we're going to be talking about just tonight and today is authentic relationships. So uh, this is being recorded. So if you did register... You will get a recording. You'll be able to access the recording. And I also sent out a meditation today uh, through our email. And if you have registered for this call, you are on our mailing list. Therefore, you will be getting our meditation as well, which was basically flushing the fear, right? Flushing the fear that could be happening around you, and even if you're not afraid or you're not tapping into the anxiety that's happening around the world, then um, a lot of people are. But I I sent a meditation out, so I'm just letting you know that. And if for some reason you don't think you're on our mailing list or you didn't register, uh, you can email me and I'll be happy to send that to you. Um, Burge at essenceofbeing.com. That's B-U-R-G-E at essenceofbeing.com. For the purpose of this call tonight, we will um, keep you muted and see if that helps and you can hear me better. And, of course, as you know, those of you who've been with me for years, I love experiential. I love to hear from you. I don't necessarily like to hear myself talk. But uh, if you want to say anything or ask questions or share anything, all you have to do is hit star six and that will bring you back into it. And I will open it up to everybody a little bit later. I will have some tools for us on how to um, have more authentic relationships uh, toward the end of the call, so stay tuned. Um, So I first want to just say um, about relationships, okay, is that the definition of an authentic relationship or the definition of authentic, let's say, is undisputed origin. It's an undisputed origin or a genuine experience. So if you are authentic with yourself, you're being real, right? And I have a little acronym for real. is realizing your energy is accountable to love, R-E-A-L, Realizing your energy is accountable to love. That's being real. And 
if you really boil it all down to we are all love, really boiling it down to that's who we are originally, our genuine self, our authentic self, just the way we are, the way we came into this world. So I thought that was interesting that authentic means genuine or the origin. And so if we could just go back to our origin of innocence and love and no pretense. So there's no projections, no judgments, none of that. And we come into this world with an awe-inspiring outlook. Everything's new, right? Or we just have to remember a lot of things about who we are and why we're here. So I wanted to give us... Uh, I wanted to give some authentic self, first of all, because if you can't have an authentic relationship with yourself, then, you know, it's kind of hard to have an authentic relationship with other people. So authentic self-affirmations. I'm going to go through some affirmations very quickly. Uh, This is recorded, so if you try to write them down, you know, great. If not, you can always go back and listen to the recording and get these. But these are... Affirmations or little lies you tell yourself, right, until they become true. That's my little joke about affirmations. Um, You'll be able to go back and listen to them and write them down. But this is to help us get ready for being authentic with ourselves and loving ourselves. I've done a lot of these power calls and classes and workshops, of course, through Essence of Being and all of the Essence workshops that we do around the world about loving yourself and having gratitude. Having that relationship with self is is key first. I am going to go into uh, relationships with others as well, and we're going to go into that subconscious belief about relationships as well because that's what really is running the bus. So, Without further ado, let me just uh, run down some becoming your authentic self. Here are some affirmations you can use. I respect myself, therefore others respect me. I respect myself, therefore others respect me. Here's another one. I am a loving friend. I have loving friends in my life. I am a loving friend. I have loving friends in my life. I share my prosperity with others, for I know there is a never-ending supply available to me. I share my prosperity with others, for I know there is a never-ending supply available to me. And again, you'll be able to go through these again during the recording. I hold all those I love lightly in my heart and allow them to be free. I hold all those I love lightly in my heart and allow them to be free. I communicate my love through my thoughts, words, and actions. I communicate my love through my thoughts, words, and actions. I trust the wisdom and perfection of the divine plan. I trust the wisdom and perfection of the divine plan. I will focus on the beauty and perfection in my world, thereby magnifying it. I focus on the beauty and perfection in my world, thereby magnifying it. We could really use that right now, right? The next one is I trust. Therefore, I am trustworthy. I trust. Therefore, I am trustworthy. I live and love passionately. I live and love passionately. Passion and purpose inspire me. Passion and purpose inspire me. I commit myself totally to loving and being loved. 
I commit myself totally to loving and being loved. I think loving thoughts. I radiate loving thoughts. I think loving thoughts. I radiate loving thoughts. I am love in action. I am love. I am love in action. I am love. And, of course, one of my favorites that we always use in our Essence of Being play shops around the world, I am willing to allow others to love and support me. I am willing to allow others to love and support me. It is safe to be intimate with others. It is safe to be intimate with others. It is safe to be intimate with the universe. And you can call it universe, God, higher self, source, great spirit, whatever you want to call that energy. It is safe to be intimate with the universe. I value myself, therefore others value me. I value myself, therefore others value me. I make a difference, I matter, I'm important. I make a difference, I matter, I am important. And the last one is, I'm innocent and perfect just the way I am. I am innocent and perfect just the way I am. So, again... Those are affirmations you can choose to put out in front of you at all times, write them, see them, know them, have them around. Your subconscious takes those in, okay? Even if you don't believe some of it, it's okay. You're reframing your thoughts as you look at them. Every time you see them, read them, say them, it comes into your subconscious and your unconscious brain And it becomes more and more, um, you own it more and more as you keep saying them. That's what affirmations are. You're reframing your thoughts, okay? So, again, these are some that you can use to become more authentic with yourself first. And if you notice, there was a through line with all of it, which was love, right? (laughs) Love kind of is it. There's love and there's fear. And boy, is there a lot of fear in the world right now. So I choose love. And on that note, like I said, uh, this is a very, uh, we're in interesting times now. I want to speak just a little bit about what's happening in the world with giving you a little bit of perhaps some tools to use. If you're finding yourself alone right now, and isolated because of parameters of just being mindful, being purposeful, and having urgency about what's happening in the world right now, uh, to not go into fear and panic, but you can become purposeful. But if you're feeling isolated a little bit because you're told you have to stay in or told you have to do certain things in order to socially distance yourself, this is a really key time for you to really fall back in love or fall front in love, fall forward, not back, (laughs) with yourself and having that authentic relationship with yourself and with God, universe, great spirit, your source, that energy, that connection, because you're truly, truly never alone. The other side of this could be that you're overwhelmed and suffocated because you're being forced to be with people in your home or your place where where you're not normally with them all the time and, you know, like kids or parent, whoever, and you could feel overwhelmed. You could feel somewhat um, on edge, anxious, and projecting all of that anxiety and 
things that aren't, quote, normal in your normal life uh, onto these people that are around you. So a really great tool to use is these questions. Ask yourself these questions before you speak to these people in your home and who you're with and you feel sequestered with. And this goes with relationships in general anyway, so you certainly can use this no matter what at any time around relationships. You ask, will this serve to say it? So if you choose to say something to somebody that you're in relationship with, you ask yourself, will this serve to say it, yes or no? Who will it serve? How will it serve? And then, is it the highest good for all concerned? So before you open your mouth, you ask yourself, will this serve to say it? Who will it serve? How will it serve? And is this the highest good for all concerned to go ahead and say it? Now, of course, in our essence of relationships and essence of communication classes, of course, we get very specific and go down deep and take a deep dive, okay, into how to speak in relationships and how to communicate with any kind of relationship that you're having. But this is a really good tool just to remind yourself, especially when you are, quote, sequestered and, you know, with a lot of with people that you're not normally with all the time. So I'll give you an example. Will this serve to say it? Yes, it'll serve to say it because you hurt me. I want to tell you my truth. Let's say that you feel hurt about something. So you it you are hurt. Will it serve to say it? Yes. Who will it serve? Me. Well, how will it? serve me it'll make me feel that I'm right okay when I'm feeling something and I I can know that I have a voice and feel that I can speak my truth that's how it can serve me now is this the highest good for all concerned maybe maybe not depends on how you say it Because the other question you want to ask yourself, do you want to say things to people to prove you're right? So would you rather be right or happy? And sometimes being right is not the uh, the be-end-all, right? You might want to just ask yourself, if I say this, would I rather be right or happy? So those are questions you can ask yourself also. A really great thing to say in a relationship, the truth for me is. The truth for me is. So that's standing in your power. That's allowing yourself to have a voice, to feel heard, to speak your truth. And remember, to speak your truth with compassion. Tell your truth with compassion. I know some of you might be able to tell your truth, but maybe not so compassionately. And then others are afraid to speak because they don't want to cause a scene or cause any upset. That's not really being heard or standing in your power either. So if you argue with people or if you find yourself in arguments a lot in a relationship, you could just say, hey, the truth for me is they can't argue that that's not your truth. Now, they may disagree with what you say, but they cannot disagree with you and argue that's not your truth. So if you pre... Um, have a preamble when you say something, hey, for me the truth is this. It sets the tone for you to be able to have an authentic, real, compassionate relationship. You're setting the tone. You're demonstrating how to speak with compassion and with your truth and standing in your power. The other thing you can do is actively listen to each other Actively listen, and there's a whole workshop I do on listening, okay? Be present, and then, of course, watch your body language and your tone when you're speaking with someone in a relationship, whether it's being sequestered now or just any time at all. Watch your tone and your body language because your body language speaks volumes and make sure it's congruent with what you're wanting to say 
and what you're wanting to share and being authentic to someone. So your tone can mean one thing. It's, pass the salt! That's not, you know, and that's an angry feeling. (laughs) That's not neutral. So your tone is angry, although your body language might not be. Or your tone might be, pass the salt, darling, but you got your arms crossed and your face is in a frown. You're not congruent with your body language and your tone. And, of course, the words matter. So words, tone, and body language. Keep keep all those in check whenever you're speaking with anybody in a relationship at all, whether it's a work relationship, a family, a love relationship, whatever it is. Okay. So I thought those things might help you uh, when you're talking with a lot of people right now uh, in your home or having to deal with people uh, on the phone or you're not face-to-face with them, okay? Or even if you are. So when in doubt, uh, one of our graduates did a really fabulous thing yesterday. She was in a lot of fear around, or she wasn't in fear, but she was getting, you know, tapping into a lot of the things that are happening in the world and found out that her husband is going to be not getting a paycheck because they closed his place of work for a while, and that might be happening to you right now. And what she did is she went into a whole list of gratitude. She shifted her perspective around gratitude and and just started focusing on what she was grateful for. And lo and behold, while she was going through all this gratitude, turns out her husband's boss, during this time, while she was doing this, her boss, his boss called him and said, he was going to um, pay him a paycheck during this whole time that he was off. Where he was, he was working for himself, so he wasn't expecting anything. He was an independent contractor. So, coincidence? Me think not. So, these grat- gratefulness and gratitude and sh- shifting your perspective around these times really, it really does work. And I'm hearing stories like this everywhere from all of our graduates. They're telling me all these stories that are happening while they're staying in gratitude and feeling um, love and gratitude and shifting their perspective around what's happening in the world and not buying into the fear part of it. Yes, be purposeful. Be mindful, but you don't have to panic. Okay. And I'm going to speak a lot about that next week. I'm going to have a special power hour about all of that next week, about fear and anxiety that's going on in the world. Okay. So back to relationships. And remember, uh, your bubble talk, those of you who have been with me, you understand this. Bubble talk is that subconscious thought that keeps you from getting what you want. It's that little bubble above your head that you see in a cartoon character. And that is what your subconscious is thinking around relationships. You could be doing affirmations all day long, but if your conscious thought and your words are not aligned with your subconscious or your unconscious thoughts, then you could uh, not necessarily create the kind of relationships, the authentic, clear, compassionate, conscious relationships that you want to have. It's like the gas at a brake. Your gas, when you're driving the car, your gas is your desire, your brake is your resistance. Your gas is what you want, your brake is what you don't want. And people may want something and they choose to have a great relationship and yet they have this subconscious thought that stops them or is the resistance at the same time. They don't even know it. So they're driving around with their gas and the brake on at the same time and you spin your wheels. You don't get anywhere. But what most people do is they let go of the gas. They let go of their desire. They settle. Oh, well, it is what it is. It's just not meant to be in this lifetime for me to have the perfect whatever. So they let go of the desire because everybody knows how to do that. So what I'm offering you and what we offer you in all of our play shops that we do around the world, Essence of Being and Essence of Relationships, 
essence of communication, all those things is to let go of the break, let go of the resistance, let go of the negative thoughts that you have that are subconscious. So if you want to have a conscious, authentic relationship, what do you do? And maybe you are afraid because you've been hurt before. Maybe you don't want to have a relationship. Now, relationships take many, many forms, yes? So right now I'm going to talk about loving relationships that you have with a mate or a fan or a partner of some sort. So what do you do? You go on um, dates? Do you, uh, maybe not now, but do you do Internet dating? Or maybe you're already with a relationship and you want to improve on it. Maybe you go to counseling. Uh, maybe you don't, like I said, maybe you don't want to have a relationship because it's just too hard and that's been your experience. Maybe you have had relationships in the past and you can't keep them. You don't feel you're good enough or they're not good enough. Maybe you feel like you're going to get hurt. I mean, how many of us have been betrayed and felt unwanted or feel like there's something wrong with us? So these are feelings and thoughts and beliefs that we have that abide. They sit in our subconscious. We don't know the difference between... The subconscious and conscious synapses in our brain, they don't know the difference. So we start accumulating evidence, proving ourselves right, okay? For instance, let's say we break up with somebody. We break up with a partner for whatever reason. They're gone. It ends in a heartbreak. So what do you feel? You feel maybe unwanted or sad or maybe mistrusted all kinds of feelings and those feelings form a belief and maybe that belief turns into I can't trust men I can't trust women I can't trust relationships relationships hurt I'm unlovable so then these beliefs what happens is we walk around with these beliefs and we put up a shield to protect us and we walk around in a wounded haze everywhere we go belief systems are formed and they're embedded. So let's say every time we get intimate with someone, we maybe we crack open that shield for a minute and we get intimate with somebody, then we get scared because of our past experiences or our subconscious beliefs blocking us, our beliefs from these experiences from the past. And then we start projecting onto that new person. It's the same relationship but a different face. So when you project onto others from your past and you start saying, this is what I expect because of my past experiences, then guess what? That's exactly what you create. You're the common denominator. If you've been through a lot of different relationships and they all feel the same and you've been in the same situation... You know, it's not, it may not serve you to blame them or shame yourself or make excuses, blaming and shaming and justifying, because that wastes time. Nothing really changes. The only thing that you have the ability to change is your thoughts, your beliefs, and your actions. And you have absolute control over that. You can change your beliefs, your thoughts, and your actions. Now, that is taking responsibility for your own thoughts, your own beliefs, your own actions. You are not responsible for anybody else. You can't make somebody believe something or think something. And if you start shaming yourself through this, then that doesn't work either because you don't move when you're in shame. And it wastes time. Nothing really changes. So instead of reacting in relationships, just pause for a minute and take responsibility for your own thoughts about things, your own beliefs and your own actions, and things will shift. And let's go and find out what some of your subconscious beliefs are around relationships so you won't project these onto new people. And all this comes, these 
all these beliefs come when we're young. And we carry these beliefs into relationships with us. And guess what? They have subconscious beliefs as well. And they carry their own subconscious beliefs in into our relationship with us. So really quick, get out a pen and paper if you can. And if you're driving, you can just think about it or you can just think about it if you don't have something to write with or to jot down on your phone or whatever. But I want to do just really quick stream of consciousness writing. And what that is is don't think about it. I'm just going to have a sentence, and you fill in the sentence, you finish the sentence, and you keep writing until I go to the next one. And don't edit it, don't think about it. First thing that comes up. Excuse me. Okay, here's the first one. What I learned about relationships in school is what I learned about relationships when I was in school is what did you fit in were you an outcast were you bullied were you a loner so just jot that down next one What I learned from religion about relationships is what I learned from religion about relationships is were you judged? Were you accepted by spiritual authority? Think of the first thing. The next one is culture. What I learned from my culture, men treat women how? From your culture, men treat women and then women treat men from how you were raised in your culture. Women treat men how? And then finish this sentence. In a relationship, women are supposed to what? In a relationship, women are supposed to Finish the sentence. And then the next one is, in a relationship, men are supposed to... What? Men are supposed to... And the last one is what I learned from my parents or whoever raised you when you were little, okay? What I learned from my parents about relationships are, what did you learn? Or is what I learned from my parents or whoever raised you about relationships is what did you learn?
what were you raised with in your family, in your extended family? Were you raised with divorce, or were they unhappy, or were they happy? Were they married? Was it a single parent? Were you abused, neglected? Unhealthy communication, mistrust. How did they treat each other? So, look through these and see if you find any patterns. Because we take on these beliefs that we're taught at a very young age. We repeat these beliefs. And you're going to attract someone in your life who fits your pattern. And I am guessing that most of these patterns that you might see here, they're not yours. It's just what you learned It's what your evidence was through school and religion and culture and generally through your family. They were models. They modeled behavior that we took on as little people and said, oh, this is how you're supposed to act. This is what happens. And again, we repeat these patterns wherever we go. And it's funny to me because I do a lot of relationship counseling. It's like, well, let me get rid of this person. And then they attract exactly the same person, different face. And they're the common denominator. You can try to run away from relationships either by physically leaving or emotionally leaving. But no matter where you go, there you are. You can't really leave you. And the more aware you become of these belief systems and the more aware you become of bringing these subconscious beliefs up to your conscious level, then you can do something about it. Do you ever ask yourself, why do these people leave me? Why do I always get left? Why do I always leave? Why can't I stay with somebody? Or why am I constantly being betrayed? Do you ever ask yourself why? Why is this happening? And remember, our relationships are co-created. We attract each other. And we have two choices. We either attract each other to heal something. Because, like I've always said, if you want to grow, and if you want to find out what your subconscious beliefs are, and you want to learn... Get into a relationship or have a kid. That's the quickest way because it will bring up everything unlike love (laughs) quickly (laughs) for the purpose of healing it if you choose. So that's the first choice, knowing that you're in this particular relationship or this particular experience for you to look at your part in it, to heal whatever is aching in your heart whatever is not working for you anymore, for you to heal that and shift that so you don't attract that anymore. So it's hard to bring those up when you're just by yourself. You don't have anything to bump up against. You don't necessarily have a trigger to show you certain things about yourself. So that's one choice. You can just say, hey, I'm going to get into a relationship so I can heal. Or the other choice is to get into a relationship and suffer. Now, I'm assuming if you have a fabulous relationship in your life, which is awesome, let's say you're in a great partnership, and I'm sure there have been triggers along the way, and you still have the same 
opportunity. If you ever get upset with somebody in any kind of relationship, it's always an opportunity to know the truth, to really look at what's the truth for you. But remember, it's co-created. So I know several people, a lot of people go into guilt and they think it's all their fault. And remember, taking responsibility is not saying it's your fault. Fault is guilt. In other words, whenever you feel guilty, it demands punishment. Whenever you're vibrating guilt about anything, it demands punishment. Therefore, you will attract punishment to you or you will self-sabotage yourself. You will self-sabotage because you're feeling guilty. So my advice to all of us out there is to, the opposite of guilt is to feel innocent. We are innocent. We don't come out of the womb feeling guilty. In my world and in my view, in my opinion, we're all born innocent. We just have, we learn through our experiences and our behaviors about what is real to us, what is our behavior in a relationship. We learn it at a very young age. So what I want to do is give you two different types of relationships you can get into. One is the cycle of egocentrism. It's your ego. This is where a lot of people hang out. They go back and forth between being a rescuer, a self-protector, or a victim. And they go back and forth around the triangle. But let's identify these three roles, okay? The victim, and just see if you can identify yourself in any relationship you've had. The victim struggles to figure out how to survive, and they see no way out. They're stuck with the feelings of helplessness, despair, shame, fear, hopelessness. The victim position is one of intense self-hatred, full of guilt, shame, and self-criticism. Feeling very dependent and that they can't get out. They just don't see a way out. And they can't take action, so they freeze. That is a victim consciousness in an egocentric relationship. The second role is self-protector. Now, self-protector must avoid being a victim by gaining power over the situation through one of two methods. They either attract somebody that they can attack or belittle or intimidate. So think of a blowfish, right? We want others to feel intimidated by us, so we we keep ourselves safe. And they and the self protectors they become fearful and angry. And we use that anger to frighten others so we won't be attacked. That's one way of self-protecting, is just think of a blowfish and you start belittling and intimidating. So we use that anger to keep everybody else from attacking us, right? The other way we become a self-protector is we withdraw and isolate so we can physically or emotionally shut others out of our world to keep others from getting close enough to hurt us. That's a self-protector. The third role is the rescuer. And the rescuer needs to feel powerful and in control. So we use caretaking as a sense of control and power. We don't allow others to have their own experience. We take care of others to make ourselves feel better. So underneath, we we may feel small and ashamed of who we are, and we strive to keep others from seeing how bad we really are. And so we do this by being the good guy. 
we protect others from the badness around, right? And we feel good by doing good things for others. However, deep down inside, we feel ashamed and defensive and often angry to cover any efforts to be a good person because we don't really believe we are. That's also known as being codependent. So those are the three roles in an egocentric relationship. Victim, self-protector, and rescuer. And in relationships, oftentimes, one of us is the rescuer, self-protector, or victim. And we can move around the cycle, right, to try to figure out who we're going to be. In other words, this is what happens sometimes in a relationship. One of us is a victim, one of us is a rescuer, or one of us is a self-protector. So I'll give you an example. Uh, You've got a man, let's say, in a relationship, and he's a rescuer. He feels like he has to rescue the women. He goes in to rescue the woman, and she's got to be a victim. So in order for him to rescue her, she has to play victim. So if you've got a woman who thinks she's a victim, then she is going to either bring to her someone who's going to rescue her or someone who is himself. She has to go to self-protect. In other words, she has to protect herself because nobody's going to rescue her. So she can go into self-protection. So once you understand this, it's really interesting how these play out, and you can identify different relationships you've had and where you've shown up on that scale. But it comes from ego. So any kind of block to having any kind of open communication or authentic relationship, it keeps you in ego. What keeps you there is fear and anger, shame, prejudice. So if we feel threatened... Our reaction to threat is to look for someone to blame it on, right? Because some outside force or somebody outside of ourselves, if there's a threat because we blame, we unconsciously process the cause of the danger and we assign blame in order to determine a course of action that will help us survive the threat. If we're under threat, we unconsciously process that cause of the danger. So if we feel threatened, our our little reptilian brain goes on. Ding, 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 we're in danger, 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 Will Robinson, danger. So we go into blame or hiding or running. It's that flight, fight, or freeze, right? That's what happens in the egocentric relationship. We have to keep ourselves free of danger. Now, what can we do? We move that to a compassionate a compassionate relationship. And this is what a compassionate, authentic cycle in a relationship can look like. Instead of being a victim, we now can take ownership. That takes the place of victim. Taking ownership means it's acknowledging our own power, our own position, and our impact. For example, you could be saying to someone, I know my presence here causes difficulty for you. I know when I ask you what happened, it could have felt like I was attacking you. So you're basically taking responsibility for knowing something and saying, you know what, this is my part. I know when I asked you that, I know it could have felt like I was attacking you, but that was not my intention. Do you see how that's taking ownership? So you're taking ownership for your thoughts, your beliefs, and your actions and the words you say. What takes the place of self-protector is empathy. Empathy is when we communicate our understanding of the other person's experience because we've experienced similar feelings. For example, we could say something like, I I know you must be frightened. It can be scary to get in trouble. I can imagine that you wouldn't trust me. 
I know I didn't trust authority when I was young either. In other words, being able to empathize with the other person is a very high-level, conscious way of being in an authentic relationship. Being able to empathize for what they feel. Putting yourself in their shoes. And speaking into it. You can say things like, I can only imagine how that feels. I imagine you might feel whatever it is. What that does is it allows the other person to really feel heard and understood. So that's the opposite. Having empathy is the opposite of self-protecting. You're not shutting down and you're not being a blowfish and attacking. And the opposite of rescuer is respect. Respect is recognizing that a person has autonomy and authority in their own lives. Doing things, taking over the responsibilities that belong to another person is not respectful. Giving people the information they need to be able to achieve whatever their goals are and honoring their ability to do things, it is respectful. Doing it for them or not is disrespectful. And doing something people can do on them for themselves, it undermines that person's self-respect and it diminishes them. And this is a lesson for a lot of parents. How can we respect that our kids are autonomous enough to make their own choices. That's true for anybody, whether it's an adult or kids. It's showing a sign of respect. And the other part of this respect is respecting yourself enough to have boundaries. So that is... compassionate cycle for relationships. Now I have some tools to give you, but before I give you these tools that you can use to have more authentic relationships, is there anybody want to share anything? You can hit star six and you can share what you came up with with your subconscious beliefs or any questions or anything you might have about it. before I give you the tools. All you have to do is hit star six. And if you don't, then I'll just move on. Okay. Hopefully you're still there. (laughs) Okay. So, the tools for authentic relationships. Oh, are you there? I'm still here, and I'm loving it, and please proceed. I just want you to know that somebody's out there listening. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) You're welcome. I just didn't know if we're still having, you know, difficulty hearing because this has not been, we've had a little bit of difficulty here at the beginning of people uh, being able to be heard. I find that fascinating since we're talking about relationships and authentic relationships and being heard. Okay. Merge? Yeah. I have one question for you. Sure. So is there anything you should become aware of if recently I've experienced really, really clearly someone very clearly codependent come towards me? Um, I, I spotted it right away, Um, but I've noticed the pattern of one or two very clearly codependent people comes towards me, so is there something that I need to shift? Well, is it bothering you? 
well, right now the interactions are annoying the heck out of me, and I want nothing. You know, I, I, you know, I want to not be around it. That all right? When you're saying codependent, are you saying that they're just uh, they? You're not having strong enough boundaries. Um, are they wanting something from you that you're not wanting to give yeah. right now? Yeah. Okay, that's a boundary thing. And relent, they're being relentless. And so, yeah, you tell your truth with compassion. So what you say is you stand in your power and you tell your truth and you say, for me, the truth is this doesn't feel right. This doesn't feel good. I have to respect my boundaries. I have to respect uh, who I am and what I want in my life. Mm-hmm. And I need to ask you to, you know, I don't know if you if you just want them to go away, but you can, you can just say to them, I need some space right now. Right now, I just this is my truth. This is about me, and I choose to have my space right now. So, if if there are multiple personalities, multiple different people that are clearly in this same mode, I'm wondering if there's something that I should be learning from that. Yes, boundaries. Am I am I telegraphing <laughs> something that I don't want to be? Yes, boundaries. In other words, you will continue to bring people to you that keep asking you for your time, your whatever, your you know, all of your energy. Or if they are energy vampires, or if they're just people that want something from you, then it's really about you having boundaries and telling your truth and standing in your power. That's the lesson for you at the moment. That's what you can shift. As you tell your truth with compassion and say, I choose um, my boundaries. I respect myself right now, and I respect that you can deal with whatever it is. I trust you enough to be able to handle things without me. You know, and you can say it how it, whatever you know makes sense for you to say it, depending on the situation. But I, I feel that it's a boundary thing, and that's why you're attracting a lot of uh, people wanting something from you that you just don't want to give right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Does that make sense? It, it it does. Thank you. Okay. Okay. And you and it can be very specific with different people. You might have different ways of saying it, but I think it all boils down to respecting you enough to be able to stand in your truth and say no. I respect me enough. So it's all about self-respect, having authentic love for yourself. Put the mask on yourself first before you can help others. Okay, and that's part of one of the tools. Thank you for that. Respecting is recognizing a person's autonomy, yours and theirs. Okay? Um Mirroring is a really great tool for authentic relationships. And uh, we started a little bit late. That's why I'm going to go a few more minutes because we were having some technical difficulties. So there's going to be a couple more tools. Mirroring is a great tool. What that means is if you're having difficulty with having an authentic, real, conscious relationship with anybody, you can say, what I heard you say was... So you're not you're not reacting, you're responding, and you're being clear about what you heard them say. What I heard you say was, and you repeat whatever you feel like they said, and then they get an opportunity to say, no, that's not what I said. Because oftentimes we filter, right? We interpret things that people say based on our own filters. So when someone says, something to you, just say, what I heard you say was blah, 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 and they can say, yes, that's what I said, or no, that's not what I said. And then you say, okay, say it again, please. So mirroring is really great, especially if you are choosing to stay in a in a responsible um, line of communication as opposed to uh, reacting. So you want to respond, not react. What I heard you say was. And they can do the same thing with you. It's a great tool to use, especially with 
couples because we do filter, and especially with family members, because we have a lot of evidence built up. Another tool to use is open-ended questions. If you can develop a skill of open-ended questions when you're communicating with relationships in any form, it invites so much more to be revealed. In other words, you say to somebody, hey, what can you tell me about what happened instead of, hey, did you do that? That's a yes or no question. Instead you say, hey, what is your relationship with your mother like? Instead of, do you have a good relationship with your mother? That's a yes or no question. So it's a skill to develop to have open-ended questions, and that way you're inviting more of people to tell their truth and not to shut down, yes or no. And I feel like, again, it goes without saying, having empathy, respect, and ownership is a key. And keeping those in mind whenever you're with a relationship. Am I, am I respecting myself and them? Am I having empathy for where they're coming from? Or am I just protecting myself, not wanting to hear them? And am I taking ownership and having my own impact? So use a lot of I statements. I feel this. I think that. When you find yourself saying you, 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 that puts people on a defensive. So that might shift, just that right there might shift something for you. But saying for me the truth is, is a great way to start any kind of conversation with any relationship. For me, the truth is this hurts. For me, the truth is I don't feel like I'm respecting my boundaries enough. Can you help me respect my boundaries? I choose to feel compassionate about what your needs are right now, but I I really need to put the mask on myself first right now. I need to take care of me so that I can be more valuable to everybody else. That's telling your truth with compassion. And you're not saying to those people, I'm using whoever spoke with her example, you're not saying to them, hey, go away. But energetically, you're telling your truth and standing in your power and that shifts something in you. And the other thing I'm going to say about that last situation that you just heard, oftentimes we attract people to us that want us to help them so that we can remind ourselves we're a good guy. Because we, a lot of people want to be helped. So we've, we may feel like deep down inside there's something wrong with us. And in order to make ourselves feel better, we have to help everybody. So we attract a lot of people that need help. That could be our subconscious drive, okay? There's so many things here. Great experience, everybody. I hope this helps. I'm going to unmute everybody and remind you of what's about to happen that is a uh, special I'm doing for everybody. Okay, everybody's unmuted. So I just want to say thank you for being with me. I know it's uh, we're all kind of um, maybe sitting at home more, <laughs> but I sent out a meditation to everybody that's on our mailing list called Flush the Fear today, and uh, it's a great meditation with some other tools of our podcasts and also some blogs to help you get through some of this. But next week I'm doing a special power hour. March 25th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard around fear and anxiety in the age of coronavirus. So I invite you to come play with me next week, which is not my normal thing, because uh, I normally do my power hours the third Wednesday of every month. 
I still will be doing my April Power Hour, and it's going to be on love and fear, love versus fear. I'm going to keep this this going, <laughs> love versus fear, and that is April 15th is the next uh, Power Hour, I believe. Is that right? Yeah. And uh, one last thing I'm going to announce, and you'll be, everybody will be getting an email. If you are not sure if you're on our email or our Facebook pages or whatever, please email me, Burge, B-U-R-G-E, at essenceofbeing.com, and I can make sure you're on there because I'm going to be doing a special live workshop online in the privacy of your own home for three hours, April 5th, about fear and anxiety in the age of coronavirus. We're going to dive deep into the fears and really support people through this on a one-on-one group basis. If you can have both at the same time, that's what I'm going to do. So I hope uh, and trust that all is well with everybody. You're keeping yourself safe. Everybody, uh, Anybody else want to say anything before we say so long? Thank you. Aloha. Thank you. Thank you. Aloha. Birds, tomorrow is the spring equinox, moment of cosmic equipoise. As the old systems melt down, the new comes in. So it's very special that we should be with you today in advance of that tomorrow. Aloha from Portland. Jana. Aloha. Thank you, honey. I really appreciate that, everyone. And take care of yourselves and all is well. All is well, everyone. Stay connected. Okay? And I will talk to you next week. Thank you all. Love you. Love you all. So we'll get a a replay. We'll get a replay.